Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You know, we've, we've talked about this multiple times. You know, nobody's going to take anything personal. Um, you know, if the coaches say, you know, we need to play better, we need to play better, I need to play better. I'm not taking that personal because, you know, I think everybody in here knows that I need to play better, including myself. So, um... You know, they're not going to take it per, uh, personal if, you know, us as players go to them and say, yo, I didn't like this call or, you know, uh, they need to be better. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all grown men in the building and um, we all can take it. So, um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, working with each other, getting each other better, holding each other accountable and working towards the same goal. So um, in terms of that fact, yeah, I think you know, everybody can do uh, better around here, you know, including myself. So. Oh, Justin, let me just read between the lines when you say things like that. Hesitate between words. Take big gulps before saying bold statements. But here we are. We get the opportunity to talk about a little bit of Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, as well as take a lap around the NFL with our next guest. He joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the senior NFL writer for The Athletic, and he's joining us right now. It's Mike Sando. Mike, good evening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, glad to be here. Let's talk about Justin Fields. I, I read your article about young quarterbacks in the league, and Hub and I, you know, we we talked about you know Justin being twenty four, what we were doing at, at twenty four years of age. Do you think it's too much pressure on these guys coming out? You even heard Matt Nagy mention it. You know, like hey, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes was able to sit behind an Alex Smith, and that used to be the formula. That was the formula: sit, get a young guy, sit him behind a vet, and then give him the keys to the car. Now it's as you've seen with the top you know, three quarterbacks that were selected, it's thrown into the fire as soon as you get them. Well, not only that, but let's lower the standards for, for the quarterbacks when we evaluate them to bring them in at the top of the draft. And My uh, podcast co-host, Randy Mueller, we have a, a show every week called The Football GM. He said, you know, look, he said 10 years ago or years ago, you never would have drafted number one overall, uh, a five foot 10, 190-pound quarterback. And now he gets pushed up by everybody in the in the media, the draft Knicks. Uh, there's tremendous pressure on these. And we're talking about uh, Bryce Young of Carolina. There's tremendous pressure builds up around and narratives around these quarterbacks and how great they are. And so there's expectations. You have owners that don't know the difference, right, of whether the guys are ready to play or not. Uh, but they all get excited. And everyone wants to get their new toy and say, we got a quarterback and let's play him. But if you don't have the support around them, uh, and that goes for coaching, uh, you know that goes for the personnel having a plan for how you're going to play the game. 
it's very unlikely that they're going to be good enough to overcome the obstacles. So when you look at Justin Fields, what would you say has been set up well for him by the Bears? Can you name one thing? Well, <laughs> first of all, Mike, it's great to talk to you again. It's been a while. And the answer yeah. to your question is this year, yes. I mean, they made a commitment. They went out and made a big part of that trade with the first round pick getting DJ Moore. And, and they got him a true number one receiver. And, and, and they added two new starters on the offensive line. So th- they, they've tried this year. But this is year three for Justin Fields. This isn't year one or year two. And I think what's even more concerning is that you've got those three first-round quarterbacks all starting and all have played better than Justin Fields in the first two weeks. And, and so, you know, there, there, there's multiple things to look at with Justin. He is a, he's a great athlete, you know, and, and you don't write him off yet. But going into year three, now two starts into year three, you're just not seeing enough improvement. Yeah, you're definitely not seeing him de- develop as a passer, so you know that's problematic, and it it does it is bad when you look at the first two games and you think, geez, it doesn't look better than it looks worse than it did last year. So, I think organizationally, though, you said, yeah, they addressed the offensive line. How's the right tackle playing? Is he looking good or? You know, he, he's off to a decent start. Unfortunately, their left tackle is now on IR. Their starting yeah, left guard is saying, now on IR. So, yeah, it, I mean, I'm not really asking. These are rhetorical questions <laughs> because. <laughs> You wouldn't say they came in and immediately had a great plan for Justin Fields. Right. That Luke Getze and him meshed, and they really, people around the league are looking and saying, you know what, the way they're handling him, the way they're setting up the, the offense for him is exactly how it should be done. You wouldn't be saying that, right? So those things that you need to have right around him, um, I would say aren't. It doesn't mean that Justin Fields would be great in those, if all those things were good, because uh, he does have limitations. He does need time. But um, I think... I just think you you don't see any aspect of it to me that has been set up to make it really a lot easier for him uh, and to take the pressure off of him instead. And, and part, a big part of that, too, is defense. I'll give you an example. Derek Carr spent 10 years with the Raiders. They were terrible on defense. They never really won anything. He goes to the Saints, and their first couple of games, they barely allow 17 points. He's 2-0, and right? He's not playing amazing ball. The game's easy to win. They're, they come in to Chicago, uh, you know, even though they have a defensive coach, uh, they're one of the probably one of the five worst defenses in the league week in and week out for two, three years, right? Yeah. So now you're in a situation where uh, it's harder to play to Justin Field's strengths because you got to pass the ball when you're behind. When the other team's got 17 points at halftime or 24 points in the third quarter, it really doesn't matter uh, how you run the ball or feature your quarterback as a runner. You've got to get into pure passing situations with, like we said, not a great offensive line. Yeah, okay, they got him a receiver this year, uh, but that's going to be a sinking ship right away. And it should be on display fully this week when they play the Chiefs. You would think the Chiefs' offense would get going, put some points on the board. It would be a totally different and difficult game where a lot of quarterbacks would struggle, and especially one who isn't a very good passer at this stage of his career. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that's the reality that we're seeing in real time, Mike. And, you know, you bring you bring up, you know, adding pieces around. You heard Ryan Paul say it last year when he drafted um, two defensive players initially. He said, if my defense is better, Justin Fields is better. And he tried to tackle it with, you know, two defensive tackles and Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. But, but ultimately, they're just not good enough. You've raised the talent level of the team, but it was a team that was the worst in the league, had three wins, and so you can only raise it so much. 
And I think that's what we're dealing with right now as Bears fans and and a city is that we're we're seeing that you know just because you added a wide receiver and a tackle does not then equate to a playoff caliber team. Right. Yeah, I, I think you wouldn't look at any one aspect of the operation in terms of you know, hey, you know what? The one thing they've done since they've been here, they have fixed this, right? They've got a great pass rush. Or, hey, you know what? Defensively, they are schemed up so well that it's just tough to play the Bears every week. Or, hey, you know what? Their offensive line is squared away. Look at Detroit's build, right? They put everything into the offensive line, and shoot, after about a year or two, they had a good offensive line. They could hang their hat on that. Excuse me. They still have all kinds of issues on defense, uh, but, you know, offensive line-wise, they can protect the quarterback, they can run the ball, that type of thing. So you would like to see something that you could hang your hat on uh, sooner rather than later, and I don't know that you could name what that thing is. Yeah, Mike, I'm interested for your opinion on something because with what we're talking about here, uh, one of the big stories in Chicago has been how little the Bears did during the offseason and training camp. They had no contact in training camp. They They, they didn't play any games. They didn't tackle anybody. Uh, They were more worried about keeping these kids healthy. And that is a trend around the league. We're seeing it everywhere where these teams, they're they're not putting their starters in exhibition games. They're not letting the quarterbacks play. Uh, And and it seems like the Bears went way too far with that when they supposedly were trying to improve every area of the roster to not take advantage of that. Is that something that that you're seeing around the league, and and is it something that any that you have any understanding of why they've decided these exhibition games yeah. are a waste of time? Yeah, I mean nobody wants to be the person who gets second guessed for having their quarterback, you know, hurt his knee or something in a preseason game because some guy who's trained to make the squad dives into his ACL. Right, <laughs> uh, that's the risk that you take, and so I think it definitely has swung away from that. Not only that, with the off season practices, right, in the training camps. We all remember Hub, uh, for sure, you know, the two-a-days and real mm-hmm. hitting and, <laughs> and playing real football. And, you know, maybe back in the day it went a little too far. You go back to the Don Shula three- and four-a-days. That's probably a little much. But uh, as any coach will tell you, you get better playing at playing football by practicing football. And so that's practice is happening less than it ever has before. And remember, just like I said now, come in my column this week, starting quarterbacks in week one were as young as they've ever been average age since 1957. So when you have all of these guys filter out of the league, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, guys who really know how to play, um, you're left with this year, 15 starting quarterbacks with one to four years experience, a bunch of them unproven, some of them excited, exciting young players. Joe Burrow has a calf injury, doesn't practice with his team. Uh, much at all during camp, so he's rusty. Uh, and here you go. You know, look, it looks a little shaky coming out. We're talking to Mike Sando here, senior writer at the Athletic. It's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus here on six seventy. The score. You know, you mentioned the amount of quarterbacks that are young, Mike. Would you say that? And obviously, that to me, that's a result of you know that get a quarterback cheap and build your team around a mantra that most people, most teams are trying to operate under. Do you think that'll change because of what's been happening with quarterbacks and, and how they have been progressing over the last couple of years? No, because there aren't any of those players like Rivers and Ryan and, and Breeze. You can't just go sign one. I mean, who would you get, right? So when you when you look at who the experienced quarterbacks are, it's more like 
Derek Carr, Matt Stafford's still hanging around, but Derek Carr, there are a bunch of guys that are Kirk Cousins. They're on teams. Yeah, maybe someone will get Kirk Cousins next year if he becomes a, a free agent, but there's not five seasoned veterans you can get every year that are going to steer you away from going young and identifying someone in the draft that you want. And so I think we'll continue to see uh, what we're seeing now. Uh, just younger guys coming through. Another thing I pointed out in the article is there would be some guys cycling into that super seasoned quarterback bucket, but Andrew Luck retired, right? RG three's done. Cam Newton's done. Sam Bradford's done. Uh, Carson Wentz may be done. Uh, Russell Wilson's on his last legs. Ryan Tannehill's on his last legs, right? These are all guys who maybe under best case scenario would be playing 13, 14, 15 years starting. They're not. Mike, I think if you asked anybody who the best team in the NFL is right now, everybody would say one of two, either the 49ers or the, or the Cowboys. Maybe not, but but most would say those two. Beyond those two, are there any teams that have really impressed you so far early who you think could be in for a, a big improvement this year? Mm, I think well, I mean, we all know Kansas City is going to be good. I think there's been some surprising teams. I don't know how good they are going to be in the end. I think some of these 2-0 and teams you wouldn't have expected to be there. Dallas was one that I identified before the season as a as a real potential Super Bowl team. I think they'll still be tested uh, late in the year. I think their schedule gets tougher. They'll probably pick up a couple losses, have some question marks under their heads, and still have to play the 49ers. So, um I I don't I don't see somebody that I think is gonna that I suddenly think is is a super contender um, out of the teams just through two games I think it's hard to lean into it too much like you know Kansas City is a good example of a team that struggled offensively they'll probably be pretty good in the end you know guys the one team I'll tell you and I'm not predicting that they're going to the Super Bowl. Keep an eye on the Atlanta Falcons. I, 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 now, I predicted that B. John Robinson would be the rookie of the year, and, and so far he's off to that kind of start. But I didn't realize that their defense was imp- as improved as it is, and I think that's a team worth keeping an eye on. But other than yeah. that, Mike, I'm with you. I can't really think of anybody oh. else. Well, like Atlanta, to me, Atlanta's a team that could win the NFC South. I just don't know that Desmond Ritter is going to get into a playoff game and be in a situation where you have to pass the ball. I mean, they're so set up. To, to just run the ball and play defense that to me that runs out when you get against the better teams and you're behind and you've got to throw the ball and they know you have to throw the ball and then your great running back doesn't really matter as much. Yeah. We're talking, it's like you see uh, Kyle Pitts, people are asking for him to get out of Atlanta because they're not using him. We saw Drake London had a ton of uses last year. It's kind of been missing in the first, first game is the second game he did particularly well, yeah. but, but Atlanta, you're right. Desmond Ritter would be my one question with them, but you're right. If you're set up for running and defense, Let's be honest. I mean, you're you're, you're two thirds of the way there and operating a pretty good team. And as you mentioned, Mike, in the NFC South, yeah, you, you have a, a pretty pretty simple path there. Uh, only having to get past New Orleans. Um, let's let's go to the NFC North, though, Mike. Uh, Hub and I had a, a healthy conversation about it a second ago, where most fans were uh, handing the Detroit Lions uh, the, the the championship. Or excuse me, the division the division before the season. I said it, it would have been Minnesota just because I felt like they still had some pieces in place. Um, what do you think about the NFC North and who will end up on top? I think it probably will come down to Green Bay and Detroit. You know, I think those are uh, – Detroit's definitely on the upswing but still has question marks. And it was a tough loss for them last week at home against Seattle when they 
kind of were in Super Bowl mode a little bit with, you know, a huge game and people wearing ski masks and all of that. But I think they'll be okay. Green Bay, I've been, you know, a little more impressed than probably expected with Jordan Love to this point. He certainly hasn't been a big factor holding them back. I think their roster is pretty good. So, uh, yeah, the bar is not as high in that division as it's been. But I think it's come down to those two teams. And if Jordan Love develops and it looks like they have a good plan for him and their running back stays healthier, um, you know, Joe Barry, there's some question marks with him coordinating that defense, but they have some things that could help them come together and be in, in the mix at the end. And so those are kind of the two pretty early, but those are the two that I would look for. Mike, I have to ask you before we let you go, coming back to Chicago, because that's where we're located. Um, I'm sure you're aware of a lot of, if not all of what went on with the bears this weekend. Um, can you remember a, a team have that big a mess in one day as to what happened to the bears on Wednesday? Oh, I'm sure there have, you know, I, off the top of my head, you know, there's certainly been more serious things that have come down involving, uh, people. If you look at like the, the Raiders a couple of years ago, when they had their whole situation with Henry Ruggs and, you know, it seemed like I mean, it wasn't the same day that John Gruden had his stuff, but there was a, there's you know, there's a lot of drama in the league, and there's a lot of drama behind the scenes every day in a given building that never makes it even out of the building, right? So that's why you really need uh, good leadership, your head coach, your general manager, to sort of stay calm, right? Redouble your efforts around fundamentals and not get to a point to where you're having the GM give a press conference after two games, right? You, that's not a good thing ever, right? The GM usually is going to not show show up publicly until maybe an end of the season, you know, state of the union type thing, certainly going to the draft. But week two, your GM is giving, a, you know, reassurances publicly, not a good sign. So, yeah, it was a rough one. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we look forward to the Bears uh, giving you some more positive things to talk about in the next coming weeks. All right, have a great weekend. Thank you. Take Mike, care, Mike Sando, senior NFL writer at The Athletic, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. You're listening to a Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electric Football Friday presented by your local Ford dealers and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. You know, we were mentioning the Chiefs game and before Chicago takes on Kansas City in week three, you got to tune in Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon. It's the PNC Bank pregame show presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins. We got Mully. We got Olin Cruz. We got Patrick Manley. They're all going to be setting you up up until game time. It's the PNC official bank of the Chicago Bears. Then immediately following the game, instant reaction. Mully, Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley back at it again. It's the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. And, of course, all of it can be heard on 670 to score hub. You brought up Alan Williams, so I think it's only fitting uh, that we, we dive into it after the break. I knew we were going to get to it eventually, <laughs> and I think now probably is the time, so uh, we'll have that next. I love that. And Tyler, make sure you got the dump button ready, because just in case I say anything bad, <laughs> I want you to be able to get rid of it. All right. Alan Williams and the Bears conversation next. It's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish on 670 to score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Once the news was out, it was after, of course, after practice. Uh, it was later in the day. Guys were in position meetings. And what I did was I went around to each position room, uh, talked to the guys, or if they were in, you know, walkthrough. Um, at that time, because some of us do ITC walkthroughs, and just visited with guys and told them, I said, "Hey, you know, this is what it is." And uh, and going forward, the defensive staff uh, is going to still be intact where they are. Everybody's got their same responsibilities. And on Sunday, I'll be calling the defense and uh, asking if they had any questions and uh, worked it through from there. Coach Eberflus. Talking about how he delivered the message of Allen Williams resigning from the Chicago Bears. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score broadcasting live from the score Hyundai studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Hub, you said, you know, you've mentioned it a couple times, like what a crazy day Wednesday was. Let's start with Coach Eberflus and his absorption of the responsibilities of play calling and how that's going to affect his job and duties as a head coach for the Chicago Bears? Well, he won't be the only head coach in the league calling his defenses this weekend. It's not unheard of before. And and so I think we have to look at this really from two different directions. One is that what does it mean to the rebuilding and redevelopment and improvement of the Chicago Bears? And two, to just the story itself and what happened. And I think – we really need to be careful here because we don't really know yet any more than we knew two days ago what happened, why he quit. And everybody's trying to figure out why the Bears aren't telling us more. And I think that if people would take the most natural reaction, it would be because I'm not sure they totally know what has happened yet. You know, they they they, they know at least a little bit more than we do, but but they don't either. There There was that. We now, I think, have identified false report of the FBI showing up at Hallis Hall. You know, and even with that, all they could say is it didn't happen. You know, I mean, you know, it was probably some idiot on Twitter decided right. that they were going to, you know, get more people following them. And, and next thing you know, it's a story. So, you know, relative to its impact on the football team, I don't think this is that big a deal. I, I think that they will, they, they've had now the week to at least accept what has happened. Flus has had a chance to catch up. I, I I assume he's calling plays again this week. I, I don't think if they haven't hired a new coordinator by next week, he'll want to do this all year long. But 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 yeah, you know, yeah, he'll be calling plays this weekend. But um, you know, at the end of the day, relative to its impact on the team, I don't think it's going to be that big. What I am concerned about is that I th- what what I think 
he said is that it's a, it's a family matter and a health matter. And without knowing any of the details, I don't want to say anything that would be taken wrong or, or put something out there or suggest something that isn't true. Until we find out more about why he quit the team, I don't think there's that much more to say about it. I think for me, what's interesting is that, like you just said, they have come out and said what the reason is, <laughs> right? They said it's family, it's health. That's why he's moving on. And we, as a, as a city, can't seem to accept that. And I think it's because of the secretive nature that's surrounding it, the, 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 the lack of information from the very beginning. And then just naturally, you, I mean, I can't tell you how many text messages I have from my friends from around the city. They're like, nah, something, something's crazy is going on. Like you automatically jump to a conclusion. I think that we live in a society where, you know, we're used to seeing storylines built up in reality television and in movies and in the things that we're watching that, we assume that real life is mirroring that instead of the other way around. So we're waiting for that explosive thing to be uncovered when the fact of the matter is it could just be exactly what the bears are saying. Yeah. Although obviously (laughs) saying a little bit more would be helpful, but the reason that they're being so careful in what they say to me, the most natural assumption is because they don't know that much more than us. You know, I don't think they know the whole story. And if they do know the whole story, then refusing to talk about it sounds really bad. Right. You know, and, and, and so I just, you know, I mean, I'm fine with let's talk about where it leaves the defense and how the defense is going to react and, and how Flus is going to handle it. But as far as why he did this and, and what happened for him to cause it, I don't know. I, yeah. I wish I did. I wish I could tell everybody exactly what happened, but, and, and I'm not so sure I want to know, you know, until we find out what it is, but I think people have to be a little more patient and reasonable and accept the fact that it isn't going to change anything or make anything better or worse for anybody. by when we do find out what really happened and why he did this, and I'm sure we will when the time is right. I think most people think back to training camp and they think, Oh, Nate Davis, he wasn't there. No one was talking. What is it? And it was kind of the same situation where people just wanted the information and, and the Bears themselves were, you know, omitting a lot of it from their details. Understandably so. Issues in the family, health issues, dealing with, uh, the you know, death. I mean, that's something where, hey, it's not your place as an organization to tell someone else's story and what's going on in their personal life. So I can understand that. But I think that happening in the beginning of the season and now this happening, it feels eerily similar and so people are clamoring for information immediately. They don't want to go through that same waiting game process when they feel like you should just be able to give me this information. But I think you're right, Hub. Really doesn't matter. I mean, well, it's not like they're it's not like they're a great defense and they lost their play caller. No, and Gabe, I think Nate Davis is a great point because for weeks we were trying to figure out what was going on with him. They weren't saying anything. We didn't know what was happening. But then we do know somebody passed away last week, and it's a reasonable assumption that those things are connected, okay? With Aaron Williams, we don't have any information to make a reasonable assumption yet, so why bother? You know, I'm sure that he and his family are suffering right now. The last thing they need is for one of us to say the wrong thing based on nothing. Right. You know, and so I think we have to just continue to wait until either the Bears or Alan Williams decide to tell us more. And, and I think what Bears fans need to understand is I don't expect it to have any real impact on the way they play on Sunday. Yeah, it's Hub Arkish. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 to score. 
talking about Chicago Bears who have a big game this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. What a time for your defensive coordinator to leave when you're going to be facing, you know, one of the most potent offenses over the last, you know, couple of seasons now with Patrick Mahomes and even before that with Alex Smith. When you're looking at Eberflus, what did you think of the job he did on Sunday versus Tampa Bay as, as the defensive play caller? You know, I didn't see anything where I said to myself, boy, if he had called this, it would have been different. Right. <laughs> you know? And I think what people need to accept is the reason that Flus is a head coach is he was a really good defensive coordinator, you know? So he obviously knows what he's doing. The bigger question is how much is going to impact his performance as a head coach because he's spending so much time on the defense. And, and I think from what I've seen that he certainly trusts trusts Luke Getze enough to know that he can handle the offense for him. I think that they've now had time to at least prepare for this Sunday, which they didn't really have last Sunday. And so I think that they will be better prepared. And going back to our conversation with Mike Sando just now, I, I think as far as these first two weeks and what's wrong with the team, I've been more disappointed in the performance of the defense than the offense because I expected the defense to be more Better. improved than yeah. the offense, and, and they really haven't been so far. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I think everyone felt that way with the addition of the linebacking core and you know bringing in some young guys for rotational pieces on the line. And what most of us thought was the strongest part of that defense, the secondary, the assumption was, and I would always say this, to say, hey, man, if the Bears can have a middle-of-the-road defense, they're going to win some games because they were in a bunch last year and now, lost it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and again, in, in fairness – the run defense through two weeks has been better. I mean, it's been much better because it was the worst in the league last year, and they haven't had their two starting safeties. They're in the locker room being hurt, <laughs> you know. So uh, this is—I keep saying the same thing, and people keep getting mad at me. But I'm sorry, I've learned this over many years of doing this. You have to give it a little more time. They are trying to rebuild a football team. It wasn't going to happen in one off season and in two weeks. They are going to be performing better and a better team in three weeks than they are now. Now, how much better? That we can't predict yet. <laughs> no, that's something we're, we're most certainly going to be waiting for. Uh, let's open the phone lines. Baby T, put your hat. I told you, you got to bang it to the left or to the right. That's way Baby T can really, there you go. Got your little, um, got your little vibes over there. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines. We've been talking a lot of Bears football. Talking Allen Williams, talking Justin Fields. What's on your mind? We got Bears thoughts. We got Hub Argus here to answer all your questions. 312-644-6767. The phone lines are open, so your thoughts will be received and answered by Baby T, who has his hat banged to the right right now. Be, be careful walking out of this building, buddy. All right, just be careful. Uh, let's get back to the defense for a second while we wait for some calls to come in. Hub, in, in of the three you know, uh, phases right there. You got your secondary, your linebacking core, and your, and your linemen. Where do you think the Bears need the most improvement of those three? Oh, on the offensive line. Defensive line. I was talking uh, about the defense, defensive line. Defensive mm-hmm. line, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they won't get it. Again, we've seen two games. We've seen these kids play a little bit. Um, we've we've seen the free agents. It's It's been better against the run. Uh, the pass rush has been a little bit better. Yannick got his first sack. Um, the thing that really impressed me that, that I didn't hear anybody talking about was Yannick Nagui. He had two tackles for loss on running plays mm-hmm. last week, yeah. you know, and that supposedly was the problem, you know, so, so that's been a good ad so far, but he's the only one. I mean, Tremaine Evans has played well, TJ has played well, um, but you know, until they get healthy and get everybody on the field, I think the strength of that defense right now has to be the secondary as far as the talent. 
I really, I, I think they've got plenty of talent in the secondary, but you've got to get all 11 together and playing as a unit before you can make any of it work. It's so difficult because you try to assess your team and evaluate it in real time, and then you say to yourself, man, I can't get these guys on the field at the same time. You know, if it's Kyler Gordon and then Jaquan and Eddie Jackson, and then you're just seeing the dominoes fall. But I'm almost curious in thinking the ceiling is near where it's at right now. I think where the Bears are playing on defense, like you said, they're, they are improved. But I, I still, even if healthy, where I would hope, I hope that they'd be at uh, above average. So you know, ten to fifteen rank or twelve to seventeen rank defense. It seems as though they're still in that fifteen to twenty five range in the bottom half. Well, I, I do think that they will be better in three or four weeks and better by the end of the season. Um, I, 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 the guy that I've been impressed the most by, who I really like a lot, is Tyreek Stevenson. Okay. It, but but you don't you know sign on to rookies after two games, yeah. so you know we've got to see some more. Um, and so I think just playing together. And by the way, they also had this offensive coordinator for a whole off season, and all of a sudden, week two they were playing without him, and and the stuff that comes with that, you know, mentally and focusing and getting used to whatever's going to be new. Now and then he he quits on Wednesday, so you've got another difficult week. Not quite as difficult as last Sunday probably was because they didn't know he wasn't going to be there really until they left town. Um, and, and so I'm not pretending it's not a factor, but I do think the defense will be improved. I just think that we're in too much of a hurry. Yeah, I'm still early in the season. Got a lot of games left. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. You have any Bears questions, any questions for Hub? I will be more than happy to take those right now. Let's go to John out in Chicago. John, so what do, what what were your thoughts with the uh, Allen Williams resignation? So um, I'm not going to say which law firm I work for, but I work for a large law firm in Chicago. And I can tell you that um, we, we don't represent the Bears, by the way, but um, there's there's no way if they're being advised by their lawyers, they're saying do not say anything at this point, regardless of what they know or don't know. And if it's a family and or, and or health issue, they may never say anything because it's not up to the Bears whether or not they just divulge that information. It's, I mean, it, it's up to essentially their lawyers advising them on whether or not. I, I guess they could always go against the advice of their lawyers, but their lawyers will be very conservative on whether or not they advise the Bears to disclose a you know personal family health matter of Alan Williams. So John, you're more so saying that it could be a myriad of things, but you know, regardless, they're just being told not to say anything, whether it's the health of somebody else or something a bit more serious. Right. Exactly. It could be Alan's health. It could be a family member's health. It could be, I, I, I mean, it's, I'm just saying that they especially this early on, um, they're not going to disclose anything. Or I would be very surprised without essentially Alan Williams's consent. Yeah, and, and John, I think what you add to that is that um, if they do say something and it turns out to be incorrect, they're going to get sued, you know. And, yeah, and and we shouldn't be mad at them for protecting themselves against that. They're doing, I don't know if there's a right thing, but they're doing what appears to be the smartest thing by saying as little as possible until they have more information. It's like John said, the smartest thing is to listen to their lawyers, yeah. which is, seems like that'd be the same advice he would give them as well. John, I appreciate you calling in. Anytime we get into any legal trouble, I expect to see you on these phone lines. Let's go out to Richard uh, in Chicago. So, Richard, when you're looking at this Chicago Bears team, where do you um, see the most, or excuse me, where do you feel like they need the most improvement? 
I mean, I think it's on both sides of the ball at the defensive and offensive line. I think we, we, we traded for Dan Feeney. He hasn't played at all. And I think it'd be interesting to see what this line can do. They've had injuries. We need to get Tevin Jenkins back. And then same with the defensive side. They made some moves. They drafted rookies, but they haven't really done much to improve it this season. Thanks for the call, Richard. Hub, would you say the issue is is the talent or the depth? The lack of depth, I should say. No, I, 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 I'm not sure yet that it's either. But to Richard's point about Feeney, they didn't trade for him to start. They traded yeah. him to add depth. Yeah. They, they traded for a guy who could play tackle or a guard. You know, they saw these injuries piling up. So I don't think that has much to do with this. And, and I, I guess if I have to be more concerned about one than the other, it would have to be the defensive line because as far as I know, they're healthy. And 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 they are, but but they're, but they're also playing a little bit better. Now look at the offensive line. You know, you've got two starters on the injured reserve. You know, you've got another guy who is playing, but who's had these family issues going on the last few weeks. I mean, it's dealing it, with a different center, yeah, just tons you, of things. You don't have an offensive line in a position to play its best foot. You haven't in the first two games had one in a position to play its best football game. They won't this weekend because again, they won't have their left tackle or left guard, but you know, how much you can improve them without your two best players. It's pretty difficult. It's hard to evaluate an offensive line. Like you said, it's not like it's just a random guy that's missing. It's two of your starters. And so that any team would be uh, in a a pickle if they were to be without those two. Let's take some more phone calls. 312-644-6767. Thoughts on Allen Williams. Thoughts on the Chicago Bears. Questions for Hub Arcus. Any of the three, feel free to call in. Again, 312-644-6767. 67-67, we'll take them after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arcus. It's Chicago Sports Radio. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 70 the score. And just to finish, I said it from the beginning, I feel good about this roster on paper. It's got to gel. It's got to work together. It doesn't happen overnight. Would you like it to? Absolutely. I wish the preseason was cleaner, uh, where everyone was going, a ton of reps. It didn't happen that way. We had to adjust. I believe that we have a better team. It takes time to gel. We're doing things the right way, and unfortunately, sometimes the right way is the hardest way. But in order to have success for a long period of time, we got to go through these things uh, to be a good football team. I love it. I love what he said there. We are in the solution business. It takes time, and sometimes the right way is the long way, and that is true. GM Ryan Poles right there talking to the media. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Hub Arkish live and local on a Friday here on 670 The Score. We're going to be talking to Alex Gold from 8, 10 a.m. in Kansas City. He's going to be telling us about the Kansas City Chiefs at the top of the hour. Uh, But before that, we want to hear from you. Thoughts on Allen Williams, questions for Hubs. We're doing it right now. 312-644-6767. Let's talk to Rob from Algonquin. Rob, your question has nothing to do with Poles or Eberflus, but a guy that's a level above them in Kevin Warren. Yeah. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Hub. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, really quick, before I get to my question, 
Hub, uh, awesome to hear you again. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting you last summer. Uh, your grandson and my son played on the same summer baseball team. Oh. Uh, shout out to the Algonquin A's. <laughs> and uh, you spent at least 30 minutes talking football with me on two different occasions, and you couldn't have been nicer. So uh, next time I see you out there, I'll say hi again. Well, I, I appreciate the kindness, but but the bottom line is I'm just selfish. I just enjoy football. <laughs> so, <laughs> You you talked to he, he talked to you for thirty minutes about football and you were just listening. Uh, what's yeah, your what's well, your yeah. what's your question, Rob? What you got for us? Yeah, so I I can't help but fast forward to the end of the year. I, I you know this team I just can't see winning more than five games um, with Kevin Warren around. What is his influence? Do you think Hub on football to football decisions overall, if any? And then second. Can this staff possibly be brought back fair or not fair to coach a potentially new, newly drafted quarterback next season? Well, it's, it's a very good question that unfortunately there's just, it's too soon to answer, you know, but before I get to that part, as far as Kevin Warren, um, his, his input in football is, is next to zero that that's mm. not his expertise. That that's not been his life's work. But he is absolutely the right guy to be the president of the Chicago Bears. He was brought here to build a new stadium. He, I mean, his job is also to win Super Bowls, and, and, and he wants to do that, and hopefully he will do that, and he will have involvement in that happening. But he was not brought here to decide who to draft, to decide who to trade for, um, you know, or to tell his coaches who the best players are. So, so in, that, in that respect, he's not going to have a lot. That's very much up to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Now, I do think he was absolutely the right guy to bring in to build a new stadium. I mean, he built one up, you know, for the Vikings in all places. Not that it's a bad place, but, I mean, he built what is known as one of the better stadiums in the league. And if he could do that there, he can certainly do it in Chicago. But he's got a big job in front of him because of Chicago politics. We all know that. Um, but he will eventually be judged by both, by whether they win Super Bowls or not, and by whether they get a new stadium. But the main thing is he was brought here to get a new stadium, and he's the right guy to do it. Yeah, and I mean, let's, let's be very clear. He, he, he was brought in after Poles and Eberflus were hired, so I'm sure he has his own opinion of them since, you know, or having been in the same room with them and having conversations. Sure, he wants to champion them and give them the best opportunity to succeed, but I'm sure he has his opinions on them as well. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he should. And if he wants to fire them, he has the, the, the authority and he will. But they've been together for five months. Yeah. You know, he's seen them coach two games now. He's seen the ro- this roster that, that Ryan built, knowing it was going to take two or three years to rebuild the roster. Um, but is he the right guy to oversee this organization based on his success in multiple places, both in the NFL and college football? Yeah, I think it was a real good choice, and and I, I can't even judge the start he's off to yet because not enough has happened. Yeah, yet. five months, like you said, Hub. Huh? You can't really do much there, but uh, hopefully he continues to 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 not mentor, but you know, be a be someone that they can lean on for football information because he has been around the game. He has seen talented people and organizations, how they are run. And I'm sure he's taking best practices from that and maybe implementing it in, in certain places. He, one other thing, Gabe, he also knows not only having run three NFL teams, but run the NFL. He knows how to hire. He knows how to handle his employees. He knows how to, to let them become successful. Yeah. When you look at his track record, he was the right guy to hire at this time. I love it. Let's go back to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus. Let's go to John. 
out in Humble Park. So, John, you have a question for Hub. What we got? What you got? How you doing? How you doing, guys? Gabe? Always, always uh, good. Nice to, nice to see you back, Hub. Nice to see you back. Healthy and everything's going well. Thank you much, John. I'm happy to hear your voice. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to get into this this uh, this uh, standing in the pocket and, and processing and delivering the ball. Uh, this can go for either one of you guys. Can you guys name me the, the full list of all the quarterbacks in the league right now that can process and deliver the ball in the pocket without getting out of the pocket right now? Uh, I'm pretty sure that list is very, very small. Well, yeah, I mean – I mean, if you're looking at the top, just the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, I mean, you're talking, you know, like Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Scott, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I mean, you can rattle off a bunch of people like that first 10 that can do exactly what you're asking. But how many have have done it for three, four, five years in a row? Because there's... Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's... it's, it's a very sh- small list mm-hmm. of, uh, of of talented quarterbacks that's that staying in the pocket and 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 deliver the ball as as much as we were trying to to turn Justin Fields in, into. And I'm th- I'm just saying like we we we've, we've done this the last four years with with Miss Trubisky. I mean I, I mean do do we really want to go through this process over again and go get another quarterback and then try to turn him to a pocket quarterback? Well, it's kind of like if you throw up a coin and see what happens. Yeah, but you also have no choice once the last guy doesn't work out. (laughs) They didn't do this because Mitch was playing great, but they wanted better. They did this because Mitch wasn't getting it done. You know, let me ask you this. Would you prefer, let's say that, let's say the Justin Fields experiment doesn't work out. mm -hmm. Okay. Would you be more like into getting another young quarterback or would you say, Hey, I, I don't mind the Derek Carr uh, the 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 Jimmy Garoppolo Baker Mayfield route. Which one do you prefer of the two? Well, I think next. I, yeah, ideally a GM and me, and I'm not a GM. Prefer the youngster because the guys you just mentioned are all probably good enough, but none of them are the guy you want. Right. You know, and so you're trying to find the guy that you want, and. and you know, I had no problem. I, I thought Ryan Poles did exactly the right thing, trading the number one overall pick for what he got and where his organization was at. Because I wouldn't have taken any of those four kids, in, you know, considered first round picks with the number one overall pick. The one I liked the most was Anthony Richardson, and, and I do think he's going to be the best. And he went what fourth? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I wouldn't have taken him at number one. It would have been too risky. Uh, more risky than the other three because he had played so little, you know. So, but, but, but hey, there's nothing easy about the job. Uh, the hardest part for any GM is finding your franchise quarterback. And, and, and Ryan Poles hasn't, he, well, he had a crack at it and I think did the right thing, put himself in a better position to have better options a year later and knowing what he already had in Justin Fields because he didn't know. He just got here. (laughs) You know, he had, he he watched last year and then Fields got hurt, you know? And and so um, my choice in answer to your question though, is that I think if the bears are finally going to find the answer at quarterback, if the bears are going to have a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to have to draft them. I don't think they're going to trade for him or find him as a free agent. Well, the team they're playing on Sunday most certainly found their franchise quarterback. Patrick Mahomes and our next guest gets to gloat a little bit talk about Patty and what he's doing for that squad but does he think the Bears have a chance on Sunday we talked to Alex Gold who covers the Kansas City Chiefs and 
Kansas City uh, sports as a whole. Uh, we'll chat with him after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.